0: The like truth, esotericism, and the occult. We are the Beyond Top Secret Texan Podcast. Greetings everybody out there in Dreamland. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all for tuning in to another broadcast of the Beyond Top Secret Texan Podcast. I am your host, the Beyond Top Secret Texan Broadcasting to you from the third coast The coast with the most The Gulf Coast of Texas It is my privilege to be doing so Thank you very much Listeners new and old alike I hope you guys are following on social media Instagram, Twitter Telegram, TikTok hope you guys are enjoying the video compilations as I create them and upload them on Spotify my uploads have been a little delayed this past month dog days of summer let me tell you when it's in the hundreds heat index wise and you're working full time exhaustion, you know, sacrifices delays, all that's gonna be natural when it comes to keeping multiple grinds and things like that open but we're back we're back at the time of this recording to a full-time upload schedule and I will be making up for all the dates I've missed the upload dates I owe you guys As to the recording of this A few readings As well as a few projects I've intended to get to So forgive me Even for all that Which you do not know about yet But I will quickly make up for you Make up to you all the content that has been delayed, plus more in spades. Today we're going to be speaking about a very incredible situation, a border war, a regional skirmish between various Illuminati factions. And ultimately, a civil war within the synagogue of Satan. As my Patriot Radio friends would understand these powers. I, a true Gnostic, and you Gnostics in training. Apprentice Gnostics. Apprentice Gnosties. (laughs) But... No, hopefully you've already become initiated, and the teachings that I have provided are masterclasses in their own right. Any one would be enough to clearly open your eyes and take you from darkness into light. So mode it be. Well, without euphemism, we are going to be speaking about the Ukrainian war that is happening currently. has been happening. Since the spring of this year, when Russian military forces backed the freedom and greater Russian allegiance of two distinct Eastern European regions, the Donbass. and the Donetsk People's Republic. These two, geographically and ethnically Russian, for lack of a better term, nations, were within the greater Ukrainian Territory, which itself is a roughly the size of Texas. And being from Texas, I know that regions can vary widely within a state this size, as well as ethnic populations able to form enclaves of languages and cultural identity ...as minority groups... ...into a larger... ...nation system... ...but in reality... ...form... ...you know... ...separatist groups... ...and and organizations... ...countercultures within the groups... ...rather than become assimilated... ...or even... um, ...affiliated... ...right? This is what happened here... ...although the situation is not so cut and dry in fact has its roots into pre called pre-modernization times with the advent of the Ashkenazi cultural groups, the Ashkenazi nations as they converted their Mesopotamic Philistine-based astrotheological cults and the ways of worshipping Baal and various other sky gods represented by the constellations in the very night sky that they saw above their steep grassland fields. For they were a shepherdic people, but stuck now between a hyper-evolved culture, both on east and western borders, with Islam and Orthodox Christianity becoming increasingly militant and iconoclastic in their pursuit to convert the very last remaining pagan societies, such as this Ashkenazi nation of Shepherdic pagans. So, being diligent and seeking self-preservation over everything, rather than fighting one side or the other to the death, and realizing that they could easily infiltrate both sides and play their strengths against each other, converting their former enemies to their cause, and ultimately seeking to rule these two great new empires with their old ways. The common link between Islam and Orthodox Christianity they discovered in their scholarly research was Hebrews, yes, a combined respect and veneration for a group now in Diaspora, but common throughout the former Roman Empire. That of the Hebrew nations that were not called Jews until this time, But after this time would be known as Jews, as Shepardic Jews. As the last remaining pagans of the Ashkenazi nations and tribes converted wholesale into the ways of the Hebrew. But given that the Hebrews had been scattered to the winds by the Romans in revenge against their revolution against Caesar and his rule their temples burned to the ground after being heavily looted their tribal records being burned as well and the truth of their lineages being lost to history except for all but the most orthodox of synagogues and scholar, and rabbis in fact even the term rabbi was a newly added into coinage replacing the now destroyed Pharisees Sadducees Judges and various other biblically Old Testament positions of authority within Hebrew-Israelite kingdoms. In fact, the term Jew is taken from the kingdom of Judea, the Valley of Jude, which were geographically still called that after having their entire culture change over the millennia of their existence and occupation, much like this Mount Sinai and other various biblical landscapes like the Jordan River, etc., are still named such, regardless of the people living or breathing beside them. In fact, this proclamation of Judaism was their co-opting of the ancient Israelite traditions simply by an assumed legacy that they made connecting false genealogies as well as transplanting and their dead into historical Jewish cemeteries and creating so-called diaspora communities as they continue to travel further away from the Middle East but using the terminology the landscape, the names and locations of places to further add legitimacy to the mystery of these people who for all intents and purposes were Eastern European or Southern Russian This would play back full circle with the creation of Israel in the 1940s from international Zionists who were no more Middle Eastern than they were Ukrainian or Soviet Union-era bloc. Cultures such as Georgians, Cossacks, Chechens, Romanians, Belarusians, Polish, Lithuanians, etc. But these commu- these new Zionists having their history in the old Ashkenazi nations, still have a legacy felt today as of most of the Ukrainian Ukrainian. Leadership, including President Vladimir Zelensky, has open Jewish heritage, a close connection with the nation of Israel, as well as a co opted trans European pagan root system. Of militarized, fanatical belief. Neo-Nazism, for lack of a better word, found in their use of foreign mercenaries, the call to arms and support by previous Zionists. In conjunction with their far right neo Nazi pro Aryan European Eurocentric belief system, such as that of the Azov Battalion and other groups, such as the Kraken Group or even the Unicorn Battalion, being the culmination of corruption, money, and zealousism, and zealotry. In this community, now we know as Ukraine, since 2014, the CIA, with their globalist masters, such as George Soros and Charles Schwab, have used the Ukraine as a loophole in U- European Union, common law, which is of the most strict in the world, in terms of human trafficking, human abuses, in vice such as illegal gambling, um, money laundering, weapon running, um, drug smuggling, Bitcoin operations, etc, etc, etc. Through their district of hub, that they completely, because they own the political system and, and all powers from the police down, through internationalist force of arms, the CIA, for example, um, the adjutants uh, that created the color revolutions that destroyed the old guard, um, that were the former Soviet police officers during the color revolution and riots, as well as the now-armed Azov Battalion serving as a paramilitary Gestapo force from 2014 onward, with the only people stopping them being the natural populations, the laymen, the villagers, the commoners of the DPRK and the Donbass region. And since 2014... The Ukrainian military has targeted these two areas as if though they were separatist hives of terrorism. With full military intervention, invasion, and assault. It failed in 2014 as the rebels in Donbass with the illegal but completely understandable and necessary intervention private Russian citizens as the former mercenaries were able to utilize their courage and knowledge of their own area as well as logistical weakness of the Ukrainian government to annihilate all invaders forcing a stalemate of sorts Where a dirty border war would occur until 2022 with the use of snipers, mines, booby traps, artillery strikes, drone strikes, missile strikes, um, and various acts of murder, mayhem, indiscriminate attacks against women, children, civilians, the elderly, wounded, um, By the Ukrainians, by their military, by the Azov Battalion. Specifically to a people who are simply trying to defend themselves against not only the direct violence perpetrated against them, but also, in a greater sense, the corruption and exploitation of their predatory government. Ukraine is one of the poorest nations in Europe yet its president has 41 million dollars and is petitioning since the war began for up to 5 billion dollars in military aid in just cash flow a month and has already been awarded over $40 billion. Oh, I think it's close to $80 billion now. In United States funds. Simply for being both the aggressor and now the loser of picking a war with Russia. The figures to proceed from this conflict are incredible, and they stand as an eye-opening revelation into the modern warfare capabilities of Russia, as well as the weakness of NATO and the world's billionaire classes in terms of fighting and winning actual physical wars. Not on paper, not on a calculator, but in a smash-mouth, take-no-survivors type engagement against a disciplined, traditional, structured, nationalist, professional army, that of the Russian military. I will read to you some of the information that has been admitted to by the Ukraine. And I will try to point out where I can, where they are underestimating to a great degree, and where truth is slipping through basically the rubble of their lives. all the information I'm going to be presenting is from RT International. And remember, never forget that in the beginning of this conflict, the United States government forced the cease or forced the the uh, stopping of all broadcasts from RT America and the EU tried to block RT International with Germany going so far as to block RT Germany across all media outlets simply because of their affiliation as a Russian media source because information is the real battlefield and if truth were let to be exposed then there would be no belief or confidence in the West ever again. Especially since that in the last presidential term, Biden's come to office, quote-unquote, we know it's, he's all fucking fake and this is all bullshit, but he lost Afghanistan and the Ukraine within four years. The American West, the power hegemony that we had, has been erased. It's eroded. It has completely fallen into the sea like a sandcastle. And if you saw the Emperor having no clothes, and that all the American Kevlar vests and Kevlar helmets... They couldn't stop one AK round. Never could, never will. And you'd wonder why we're sending so much money and allowing so many people to go die for a worthless cause. To save pedophiles, mafiosos, war criminals... And all to get a little bit of billionaire's money If you survive It's incredibly sad But it's life Remember, the first casualty in war is the truth. And to make this point a little more clear, the Ukraine invasion, false claims, the war is a hoax, go viral. This was published on the BBC. But while it's (laughs) telling you That there's nothing to worry about. Nothing to see here. Move along with it now. It admits to all the bullshit that the Ukrainians tried to get away with. Within the first few weeks of the conflict. This article was written on the 8th of March. And there has been, I'd say, an ever sharpening increase in the amount of propaganda and lies. From the front Oh, from the Ukrainian side since this article has been published and as the war has gone on as they've lost considerably more territory as they've lost considerably more men as they've lost considerably more fortune and material all they have are lies Nearly two weeks after Russia's invasion of the Ukraine, the flow of false or misleading information about the war hasn't let up and now there are some Atlantish theories being shared online. Some have begun to circulate claims that the war is a hoax, a media fabrication, or has been exaggerated by the West in terms of scale. False claims about crisis actors. A video of a young woman and a young man have made fake blood applied to their faces has racked up millions of views on multiple platforms. It is shared as supposed evidence that the war in the Ukraine is a hoax and civilian victims are actually crisis actors. People hired to act out scenes from an attack. But the video is unrelated to the war. It was shot in 2020 in the production a set of a Ukrainian TV series, Contamin. And that's something that they did. They used their own movie industry to try to create a feeling of impending genocide and victimization of their civilian population. The Russian forces have never attacked Ukrainian civilians. In fact, the Russian forces have helped relocate feed and shelter hundreds of thousands of Ukrainian nationals, including giving them thousands of rubles and temporary passports until the war is finished. Moving Corpses A video of a news reporter in front of multiple body bags has gone viral on several major social networks and has been spread widely by pro-Kremlin accounts. Seconds into the clip, one of the body bags starts to move. A man removes the cover and is attended to by a photographer. Social media posts claim the video was shot in Ukraine and proves the war is either a hoax or manufactured western propaganda. False wooden gun claims A screenshot of a Fox News broadcast Showing two Ukrainian men Holding what appear to be wooden guns Has gone viral It is often accompanied by false claims That the war in Ukraine is a hoax And the fact that they are not real guns Is proof of this The footage actually dates back to mid-February before the war began. It was taken during a training course provided by the far-right Azov Battalion for civilian volunteers in the Ukrainian city of Kharkiv, willing to defend themselves and their communities in case of a Russian invasion. Steven Seagal is not fighting in the Ukraine. A false tweet seemingly sent by CNN's verified Twitter account claims U.S. actor Steven Seagal, who is a dual U.S.-Russian national, has been spotted among Russian special forces near the Ukraine's capital of Kiev. Along with ordinary users, the tweet has been picked up by influential accounts with huge followings, including the U.S. podcast host Joe Rogan who shared it with his 14 million followers on Instagram. But Mr. Seagal is not fighting alongside Russian forces in the Ukraine. The tweet is probably generated by one of the multiple free online tools that enables users to create fake but authentic looking tweets from verified accounts. The actor, CNN, said the image was fabricated and it had never reported anything like this with Mr. Rogan later deleting his posts. Image of YouTuber Jordy Jordan was used as a false identity to claim he was reported as dead in Ukraine by the CNN. The post, accompanied by a tweet alleging that CNN had reported the death of Bernie Gors in the Ukraine after sharing a story about the same man's demise in Afghanistan during the Taliban takeover last year. But the screenshots presented as proof of fabrication come from a quote-unquote bot CNN account, both of which have been suspended by Twitter. Different versions of a video of a large crowd of people being asked by a director to run and scream in fear have racked up hundreds of thousands of views on multiple platforms. It is claimed that the videos was leaked by the Ukraine, suggesting that some of the distressing scenes run by the media outlets are actually fabricated. And it goes on, it's even more lists that are just viral sensations from the war. And I would like to continue by also clarifying that that was a little bit of humor. And now we're going to be getting into the seriousness of the matter. The Ukraine reveals huge weapons losses. Ukraine has lost up to half of its heavy weapons and western supplies that it has received since the start of the war. And it's unable to fill the gaps, military has said. Ukraine has lost up to 50% of its heavy weapons stock, including 400 tanks, a top commander revealed earlier this week amid the ongoing Russian military offensive in his country. In an interview with National Defense Magazine, Karpinko said that as a result of active combat, equipment losses have amounted to 30-40%, to 40%, sometimes up to 50%, compared to pre-conflict levels. We have approximately 50% of our forces left. Approximately 1,300 infantry fighting vehicles have been lost, 400 battle tanks, and 700 artillery systems. Ukraine's Deputy Minister of Defense, in the same interview, revealed that Western supplies do not cover Kiev's needs. We have received a large number of weapon systems, but unfortunately, it was such a massively expendable resource, it only covers 10 to 15 percent of our needs, Sheripov said. He did not disclose the exact number of pieces Kiev requires, but stressed that the need for heavy artillery systems is measured by hundreds. We need artillery. We need artillery rounds, infantry fighting vehicles, combat vehicles, tanks. We really need air defense systems and the multiple launch rocket system, he said. The supply of high-end precision weapon systems is also important, Sharapov added, as the Ukrainian military believes that such systems would give it an edge over the enemy, the upper hand in this war. The deputy minister acknowledged the issues Western countries have to deal with while arranging weapons transfers to Ukraine while obtaining permission for technology transfers from all of the subsystem's owners. However, Sharapov stressed that not all politicians understand the gravity of what is going on in the Ukraine. That is why we would like to take this opportunity to draw the attention of the entire world once again that this war is not only back in Ukraine, this is the war that impacts the entire world, he said. Kopinko was a bit more specific and gave an estimate of Ukraine's needs. I think about this one. One brigade occupies around 40 kilometers of the fence line. That means that to cover the active combat conflict, we need 40 brigades. Every brigade is 100 infantry fighting vehicles, 30 tanks, 54 artillery systems. Just for one brigade, we have 40 of them, he explained. Meanwhile, Russia has been constantly warning the West against pumping up Ukraine with weapons, claiming that it will result in the prolongation of a conflict and to a variety of long-term problems. Moscow has also made it clear that its forces would consider any foreign weapons in Ukraine as a legitimate target. The disclosure of numbers of equipment losses came less than a week after Ukrainian presidential aide Alexei Aristov revealed that the country's armed forces had lost around 10,000 personnel since the beginning of the Russian offensive in late February. Aristovic Claimed, however, that Moscow's losses are several times bigger. He offered no evidence to support his assertion. The figures released by the Russian Ministry of Defense on the Ukrainian Army's loss are significantly higher than those cited by Aristovich 23,367 dead Ukrainian soldiers as of April 18, 2022. Russia has not revealed its most recent losses, neither of equipment nor of its personnel. Earlier this month, the head of the Russian Dumas Defense Committee, Andrei Kartalipov, claimed that due to changes in military strategy, the Russian army has practically ceased to lose people. That is why, he said, the Defense Ministry has not updated information on the losses since March, when it reported only 1,351 military personnel having been killed in the initial assault on Ukraine. This initial assault, I remind you, dear listener, pushed from the eastern border in an encirclement from the northern, eastern, and southern oceanic sides. Inward, against the entrenched positions manned by the Ukrainian army, Western mercenaries, and the neo-Nazi battalions of the Azov Battalion. These positions were fortified, heavy weapons mounted and ready. Western javelins, man-pads, as well as resistant air power, all at its most powerful state, its premium state, its most pristine state, unaffected yet by war. In the Ukraine... Was in fact planning a offensive against the Donbass and DPRK, which had prompted the counterattack by the Russian military proper. Under the orders of Putin, or President Putin, the one thousand people who perished were mostly pilots. Were mostly the spearhead, armored transport armored carrier uh, arm- sorry, armored personnel carrier APC crews as well as logistical supply crews for the first elements of engagement fuel water ammunition the softer weaker targets that were vulnerable to ambushes by Ukrainian Special forces that were, relatively lightly armed and armored but operating deep behind the initial front lines as spearhead assault units supporting the assault on Kiev for example by the Chechens and many of the 1,351 military personnel that were killed were paratroopers special forces as well as these elite assault elements. But Russia, unlike America and other Western powers, does not assault with their best elements forward, unlike the Marine Corps or the U.S. Army. It assaults with weaker, less experienced troops. troops with less of a social value one would say including the Chechen assault units who volunteer to attack Kiev, the most heavily defended city of the Ukraine this is where the majority of the 1,351 military personnel casualties from Russia come from an April Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said that Russia had suffered significant loss of troops and it was a huge tragedy for yes every single soldier killed in a good and just cause is a huge tragedy Russia attacked the neighboring state in late February following the Ukraine's failure to implement the terms of the Minsk Agreement, first signed in 2014, and Moscow's eventual recognition of the Donbass Republic of Donetsk and Lugansk. The German and French brokered protocols were designed to give the breakaway region special status within the Ukrainian state. The Kremlin has since demanded that Ukraine officially declared itself a neutral country that will never join the U.S.-led NATO military bloc. Kiev insists the Russian offensive was completely unprovoked and has denied claims that it's planning to take two republics by force. We know better. More than 500 soldiers came to fight for Kiev from each of Poland, Canada, the U.S., and Romania, the Russian military claims. Kiev's claims that tens of thousands of foreign nationals have traveled to Ukraine to join its fight against Moscow are exaggerated, the Russian Defense Ministry said on Friday. It released what it claimed to be accurate numbers of mercenaries fighting on Kiev's side, including those who have died on the battlefield. According to the statistics, a total of 6,956 foreign citizens from 64 nations arrived in the Ukraine to become pro kiev combatants between February 24th and June 17th. Some 1,956 of these have been killed, while 1,779 have left the country, went AWOL, the ministry said. According to Russian figures, the largest number of fighters came from Poland, with 1,831 of its citizens joining the Ukrainian ranks. The Eastern European nation were followed by Canada, the U.S., Romania, and the U.K. in terms of number of citizens traveling to Ukraine to fight. Between 422 and 601 people came from each of these foreign nations, the Russian military claims. More than 100 fighters joined Kiev's forces from each of Georgia, Croatia, Syria, Belarus, France, Bosnia, and Herzegovina, Estonia, Albania, Lithuania, and Portugal, the report states, partially recognizing Kosovo was the source of 156 fighters. Nigeria was the biggest African source of combatants, with 85 of them arriving from the country to take part in combat. In general, soldiers from European nations had a higher retention rate than the counterparts from other parts of the world, the data suggests. Almost 65% of the Polish fighters remain in the Ukraine, compared to 45% of the Canadians and less than 17% of Americans. However, that is not true of every European nation, according to the numbers. Of the 36 Swedish nationals who went to Ukraine, 30 have left, and just one is fighting, as per intelligence. Of the 33 people from the Zek Republic, 14 have died and 15 remain in Ukraine. The Russian ministry said its data provided that Ukrainian claims that about a huge number of foreigners joining the conflict are exaggerated. The actual number of foreigners in the country is dwindling fast, it claimed. Despite its effort to increase the compensation, Kyiv's leadership is unable to stop the process of departure from mercenaries to the better world or to their nations of residence. <coughs> Kyiv denies hiring mercenaries and says it's foreign fighters are volunteers who want to defend Ukraine from Russian aggression. Ukrainian officials claim they received 20,000 applications to join its foreign legion in the first weeks of recruitment. In an interview with the British press this week, the commander of Ukraine's Georgian Legion claimed that the same number of foreign combatants were still on the ground in the country with as many as 3,000 Britons alone fighting for the Kiev cause. The official status of foreign fighters in Ukraine becomes significant when they are captured by the opposite side. Two British nationals and a citizen of Morocco were sentenced to death last week by a court in the Donetsk People's Republic with Moscow recognized as a sovereign state. Both Moscow and Donetsk said they are considered the defendants to be guns for hire, who are thus not protected as legitimate combatants under international law. Ukraine reveals daily military casualties. Up to 1,000 soldiers are being killed or wounded each day, according to a Kiev official. Kiev has revealed the extent of its daily casualties in the conflict with Russia. As many as 1,000 Ukrainian soldiers are being killed or wounded each day in the Donbass, a senior official said on Wednesday, as cited by Axios. David Arakama, who leads Kiev's negotiations with Moscow and heads the Ukrainian President Party in the Parliament, disclosed the figures during a roundtable meeting with the German Marshall Fund in Washington, D.C. He said the number of daily casualties among the Ukrainian soldiers has significantly increased since the Russians stepped up its offensive in the Donbass. On June 1st, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said Kiev was losing 60 To 100 soldiers per day in combat. Now just over two weeks later, Eric Kame claims the number has gone up to 200 to 500 daily deaths on average. According to Eric Kame, while Kiev has mobilized 1 million people since the start of the conflict, it can mobilize an additional 2 million soldiers. However, the problem, according to the official, is a, not a lack of soldiers, but a lack of weaponry and supplies. We have the people trained to attack, to counterattack, but we need weapons for this. Arakami said. The negotiator is fronting a delegation in Washington to lobby the Biden administration and Congress to increase the arms shipment to the Ukraine. This is when the U.S. military provided an additional $1 billion worth of weapons, after having last month approved a $40 billion aid package for Ukraine. Unfortunately, these funds are taking too long to translate into actual weapons shipments. Meanwhile, Kiev's European partners have started focusing on replenishing their own stockpiles rather than sending everything they have to fight Russia, alleging that countries including Germany are gripped with internal fear of Russia, judging by their reluctance to approve export licenses to arm the Ukraine, Commenting on the talks with Moscow, Eric said Kiev currently does not want to sit at the table because its negotiating positions is actually quite weak. The official said Kiev plans to reverse it in some way, stressing the need for a counter-operation to regain lost territory. He noted that although the negotiations between Russia and the Ukraine are still all but frozen, the two sides continue to speak by phone, one or two times per week to check in even though everyone realized that there is no places for negotiation at this time. Ultimately, Arakami stressed that the conflict would ultimately need to be resolved through compromise, even though there is currently significant domestic resistance to any sort of negotiations with Moscow. Russia attacked Ukraine in late February, following Kiev's failure to implement the terms of the Minsk Agreement, first signed in 2014, and Moscow's eventual recognition of the Donbass Republics of Donetsk and Lugansk. The German and French broker protocols were designed to give the breakaway region special status within the Ukrainian state. The Kremlin has since demanded that the Ukraine officially declare itself neutral, and that will join the U.S.-led NATO military bloc. Kiev insists the Russian offensive was completely unprovoked and has denied claims that it was planning to take two publics by force. Now, we will only include that right now as the bare bones, dry, fact based war reporting. Right? At this state and time of the skirmish and conflict We will also state that among the losses of the Ukraine Are its complete national air guard All planes that they had Jets, propeller planes, troop transports, etc. Are now, by this point in time in the conflict Destroyed or grounded or buried In an attempt to preserve them Maybe for a sneak attack later on They are absolutely already destroyed to a man when it comes to their Azov Battalion forces, their National Militant Guard, the paramilitary force, with their major port city home base in the Black Sea completely already conquered and taken over. that of the steel plant in Azavos or Avastol sorry Avastol and that's just the surface level because we know listeners of the beyond top secret text and we know because I've already spoke about it what this war was really about what the invasion was really about was the security and rather the securing of a already discovered by the Soviet Union extraterrestrial arc containing DNA and state and biological entities in cryosleep that were in the sands of the oblast sands just outside of the Donbass and the territory controlled at the time by the Ukraine the attack encirclement of the Kiev, city of Kiev with a 40 mile long convoy of armored vehicles and soldiers was a diversion on a Russian scale And time has told that the most heavily fought and, in fact, most, as you recall, urgently and dedicatedly conquered areas, territories in the Ukraine by the Russian forces were the regions containing this extraterrestrial arc, not the capital. Not the Western Territories and not the biolabs. Although that was a target and objective to help reduce the physical counterattack abilities of the Ukrainian nationals and the corporate billionaires of the New World Order and Illuminati factions that control that area. But the ultimate prize was this extraterrestrial arc which has already been seized, already been activated and already been secured in Russian territory by the time of this recording and I will be reading when we come back a few developments that have occurred within the Russian nation since this conflict began regarding their opinion on UFOs, extraterrestrials, as well as a unique mass UFO UAP sighting that has recently just occurred, as reported by my insiders in the Russian military itself. Who have had boots on the ground who have been slugging it out with Nazis using old cold rolled Soviet steel AK forty sevens and steel toed boots and metal helmets and kicking a lot of fucking ass. Against people who need their fucking asses kicked. But these people have laid their eyes... On the extraterrestrial crafts... That are taking a direct intervention... In this conflict. And I will go and try to give a timeline... And describe at least summarize the timeline of extraterrestrial appearances and interventions since the beginning of this war that have been caught on tape, that I have seen, and that have been reported So thank you very much. And thank you for your patience. When we come back, UFOs over the war in Ukraine. Okay. The nature of this conflict because it is based on the acquisition, the rushing and securing by force from humans that of an extraterrestrial arc filled with genetic materials. One must understand what this means. These arcs, which are one of many would be the second Ark in possession of the Russians or that the Russians sought to possess or that the Russians actually possess in the last ten years. The first being the Ark of Gabriel given to them after its discovery in Saudi Arabia, specifically Mecca, underneath the Kaaba. The second arc, the one underneath the oblast, is a little bit different in design in that it's a cryostasis vault with thousands of extraterrestrial biological beings kept in cryostasis. The designers and creators of this arc originally were Orion Draco Beans. They are millions of years old. Russia, if you are a listener of the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast, you know, has been visited and chosen to host... Quote unquote Allied good Orion Draco, specifically a clan controlled by white O'Rion Draco, who are their species most benevolent vegetarian minded, eco-friendly, green peace. Rainbow Coalition type squad to compete as representatives of the Orion Draco species as there probably ever has been. And in fact, they are probably the greatest ally to humans that species has ever produced. They chose Russia... Coincidentally, because of the massive size of their territory allowing them to live in perfect isolation, but also their modernity, their political traditions, their ethnic identity as human beings, and the existence of rather unexplored, undestroyed, Orion Draco ruins across much of Siberia and southern Russia, including Tajikistan, Dagestan, uh, you know Uzbekistan, Mongolia, out towards the Ukraine. For the Caucasus are filled with pyramids, labyrinthian tunnels, in all manner, all manner of arcs, vaults, Defenses, bunkers, tombs, etc. All from the ancient Orion Draco empires, the tribe of the serpent, rather, the serpentine tribe. And so the Russians knew where to go, how to get there, and what to do to prevent the security functions such as plasma shielding and psionic weaponry from proving impossible to get through. They had the keys, they had the codes... and they went straight to the heart of the Oblette Sands. And with Soviet-era drilling machines, were able to enter the Ark subterraneanly, never being seen on the surface in Western intelligence, activate the Ark, take as much biological samples as they could, as well as actually and physically taking the Ark itself completely subterranean, completely underground. This is why the Azov Battalion fought so hard, because their masters, the Illuminati, as represented by George Soros and his kind, desperately sought that arc for years, since 2014, but in fact were in capable of discovering it and doing so safely given the massive amount of extraterrestrial technology and defenses that would target them whenever they got too close. Very much a Thor's Hammer situation. Only the worthy may lift it. This, though, was obvious to the Illuminati enemies of Russia, the Nazis, if in attitude only, and they sought to prevent the Russians by using their black project technology, UFO reverse engineer technology, and even their extraterrestrial mercenaries that of the negative and hostile Orion Draco pirates that have survived kept safe by the Illuminati from the most recent purges and subterranean wars truly an enemy of all mankind So, the first UFO encounter, as reported by the West, was one such Black Project intervention, Black Project attack. UFO attacks Russian forces and set ablaze tanks, says CBN News Ukraine director. A former Israeli space security chief had once claimed that alien existence on Earth is real. This article was published on March 7, 2022. As Russia is continuing its killing spree and attack in Ukraine, CBN News Ukraine director Konstantin Letvienko has claimed that a UFO, which appeared from nowhere, unleashed an attack on Russian tanks. Ukrainians prayed and UFOs appeared. Letvienko made these claims while talking on the channel's Global Lane program. According to Letvienko, one young man called his father over the phone as Russian troops neared him with deadly weapons. The father apparently prayed to God to protect people belonging to his church, and the helping hand came from the outside world. According to Letvienko, a UFO appeared from nowhere, and it launched a lightning attack on Russian forces and set ablaze a military tank. Or multiple military tanks, sorry. The alien debate. Even though an official confirmation is yet to be made, Netizens have warmly welcomed the claims, and they believe that these events are solid proof of alien existence on Earth. Earlier, several several self-styled alien hunters, including Scott C. Waring, had claimed that aliens have been visiting the Earth for hundreds of thousands of years to monitor human activities, and that they would monitor this war. Aliens are refraining humans from engaging in full-scale nuclear war, as they have done through the 20th century, he claims, and they used to proclaim their presence during the time of natural disasters and wars. I would like to make a point, too, <coughs> that, at least from my perspective, they wanted people to think that the extraterrestrials are a monolithic solution, meaning that the sponsorship of a divine celestial good or celestial watcher with the best or most protective of desires for the human race siding with the west would help motivate and militarize the new age or you know uh, inter, like, intergalactic minded of its citizens and people of Europe I don't believe that the occupants of this attack were extraterrestrial. They could have been reptilian. They could have been greys. But they also, most likely, were western Illuminati black project pilots for the NSA or CIA, using what is clearly a TR-3B with its direct energy weaponry, which appear as lightning plasmological strikes, to with its single craft destroy dozens of enemy armored vehicles, battle tanks, and squadrons of special forces assault troops. Russia would then also go on to be attacked by another UAP, or UFO, depending on your, or OVNI, depending on your preferred acronym of choice. When their flagship for the Black Sea, Navy, was damaged and destroyed, ultimately, after being struck by ultimately a controversial weapon for the Ukrainians claimed in their propaganda to have struck it with a Poseidon anti-ship missile. But Russians refused to dignify or to attribute the loss of this ship, which they confirmed, to enemy action, stating rather technical fires. Fires that broke out due to faulty equipment and accident. But that which ultimately cost the lives of nearly two hundred and fifty sailors, as well as their flagship for the Black Fleet, Black Sea Navy fleet. The reality as I have seen through video and heard through my insider sources, is as dominating rumor in the Russian army itself that they were attacked, isolated, harassed, and attacked by UAPs originating from the water. Yes, they were USOs of the Black Sea. and who attacked with directed microwave, directed energy weaponry, which was invisible to the naked eye, but that produced the effect of internalized fires precisely in their ammo hold and magazine wells, where they would cause the maximum amount of damage, destroying the ship from the inside out. And that the 250 sailors lost died both putting out the fires and as victim to this invisible direct energy weapon that microwaved them, burning them, cremating them, if they were unlucky enough to be within its beams the ship was unsavable because the fire was produced at an atomic level and was akin to a chemical chain reaction or an atomic reaction a nuclear reaction from inert non-nuclear metals the same weaponry and USOs were used by the Illuminati against Russia during the 2018 Le Shark incident where a deep-sea Russian Navy craft known as the Le Shark caught fire internally to the cost of 12 highly trained and decorated Russian sailors' lives as they were performing UFO recovery operations at the bottom of the Baltic Sea, of the North Atlantic Sea. These petty acts of revenge, though, cannot stop the inevitable and ultimately are only preferable by the Illuminati's massive amount of wealth and power to procure such advanced technologies, illegally mind you, and against the Artemis Treaty of the Astra High Command, which they only use in desperation for now their guilt is undeniable, and the Ark is still within Russian control. The good Orion Draco I have here heard are nonviolent by philosophy and have only given their technology in the form of shielding. Precognitive intelligent prediction and advanced medical care, including the healing med bays, which use harmonics and sound to repair all matter of diseased or damaged tissue without surgery without lengthy recovery times, thus giving credence and spreading the rumor that Vladimir Putin, who suffered from stomach cancer, was being treated for such cancers because he was and is and is healed with this extraterrestrial medbed Technology and made to be 20 years younger, rejuvenated, and given a youthful vitality in his actions due to this extraterrestrial allegiance and alliance he has with benevolent white Orion Draco extraterrestrials. These non-violent but extremely intelligent and sophisticated extraterrestrials made their presence known to the Russian military as they flew over a occupied base of the Russian army. in a display of power, serenity, and control using non-violent methods and tactics to prove their existence as well as their power without hurting or harming a soul. at 3.20 a.m. Moscow time, the 17th of June, 2022, on the border of Crimea and the Khursan region. The event. Russian armed forces observed for about 20 seconds. Several dozen triangular-shaped UFOs with a semicircular base. The classic gaul turtle ship design. 10 to 12 meters in diameter at a height of about 100 meters. Objects looked translucent as if though they were bone-like wire frames. Devices were roughly divided into two types. One covered with scales, like a turtle shale, and covered with a material, or the other kind, covered with a material similar to feathers, leaving behind a disappearing plume. The Flying Serpent Quetzalcoatl class fighters, by the way, with the feathers being holographic projections of plasmic flame. A phoenix that appears as a rainbow-type frilling or surrounding waving pattern. Feathering pattern. Objects appeared from all sides of the horizon at the same time, steadily moving on their own course at different speeds, some up to hypersonic speeds. The courses of movement of the UFOs crossed over the location of our personnel, who noticed the objects and attracted the attention of the others. The event was observed by both officers and rank and file personnel enlisted in large numbers, Their observations are consistent with each other, which excludes hallucinations or fantasies as an explanation. During the movement, the objects used some kind of camouflaging cloaking technique, which made them completely partially transparent for a while, giving the impression of diving or flying into the invisible spectrum and back out of it again, in pulses. When moving, the objects did not produce any sound, despite clearly exceeding the sound barrier. The objects did not make any aggressive actions towards the observers and left the visibility zone in different directions according to the initial course. The conclusions of my inside source were convenient enough to be numbered. I will read them now as a numbered list. His conclusions were 1. The purpose of the event was a deliberate demonstration of the presence of an unknown side, possibly paranormal in nature, organized and unified. All devices of the same class, and there were two types the turtle, i.e., the scaled, and the feathered. 1.1 one. One. To guarantee the observation, some influence was exerted on the personnel, which ensured wakefulness at the right moment, despite the early time. 3 o'clock in the morning 1.2 The course of movement of the vehicles and the timing of their appearance was designed so as to simultaneously intersect above the disposition of the personnel, despite the fact that all objects moved from the different directions and left in different directions 1.3 Judging by the ability of objects to go into the invisible spectrum, obviously deliberately demonstrated, it is likely that objects can stay in a state of invisibility indefinitely and the demonstration of them in the visible spectrum was purely intentional. 1.4 The attention of the personnel was affixed on the objects, possibly in an induced manner. No one has the urge to take a video or photo feeling enchanted, which would have allowed a more detailed analysis, but this provided a plurality of evidence. 1.5 Thus the event evokes a sense of staging, a deliberate demonstration of technical superiority by an unknown side, comfortably operating and not limited by air defense forces in an active war zone. Despite the organized presence of unknown vehicles as well as the circumstances combat zone, the observers did not feel threatened or in danger. Instead, there was a feeling of delight and an impression of the supernatural. The attention of observers was riveted to the objects. 2.1. The personnel did not attempt to hit any of the objects with air defense systems or even small arms. There was not even such a desire or idea amongst the military 2.2. In addition to the explicit intentional demonstration of objects, vehicles, the UAPs, and their technical capabilities, the possibility of controlling the attention of personnel as well as their feelings and actions also demonstrated above the hypersonic and silent flight capabilities of the craft it was just as important for them to be seen and to be known that they were in control of the situation as any of their technology was so it's a very in- intangible metaphysical side of things I got this report from a source I trust 100%. If the Russian armed forces were demonstrated that there is a side to the conflict, or out of it, but nevertheless very capable, they are not taking it as a military threat, because they did not issue a top-secret order on this event when reported to. Nor did they scramble military jets, nor have they treated it as a foreign engagement, or at least a foreign military. Rather, they are just gathering intel. The side is clearly either alien or supernatural. Because the Russian army is not suspecting foreign military responsibility. There were contrails, otherwise known as chemtrails... leaving, or trailing behind, sorry, left behind by these craft in some cases, some instances, but other types did not have it. Reports to the higher-ups have had no reaction so far. These craft did not appear on radar. As far as my source knows, anti-air defenses didn't register anything and were quite surprised when they got the reports from the enlisted infantry observers of the event. The craft were whitish, translucent in color. No light was emitted. It was early morning, just before sunset, so there was plenty of light about pulsating. The event was too short to gather any conclusive data and trace intervals, and the courses of crafts mixed together right above the base, so it was hard to follow with the naked eye. The courses of movement of the UFOs crossed the location of the personnel directly above them, who noticed the objects and attracted the attention of who they could. When moving, the objects did not produce any sound, despite clearly exceeding the sound barrier. No atmospheric conditions or disturbances were felt temperature, air pressure, humidity, static charge, and wind all stayed the same. very strange part, my insider says, there are Ukrainian army drones in the area, they shoot them often, they had anti-air observer training, as well as anti-air weapons, but here they weren't even thinking about it, or thinking even that they were under attack. So yeah, a simple and short but indisputably powerful display of technology by the allied, peaceful Orion Draco of the Ashtar High Command in support of Russia. As they battle the evil and predatory actions of the cabal of satanic, dark sided, just heavily corrupt criminal groups that have called themselves the Illuminati, based on pirate families of outlaws, illegally and unrighteously adopting the nomenclature and names of the chosen people of God so that they may permit themselves to try to be even worse and more evil in this reality in their clandestine wickedness. But that which is evil only further justifies the glory of the righteous mighty who take a stand against it. And currently, the Chechens, currently the Russians, currently the Orion Draco of the Astra High Command, and currently the brave people of the Crimea, the Donbass, and the Lugansk, are fighting... and paying with their blood for a future of peace and prosperity, most importantly for their daily lives, but ultimately in the larger picture, for all that of all humanity. For the actions that take place on the battlegrounds to stop the human exploitation machine that we know as the Illuminati. The human trafficking vision of Europe that it had. As well as its projects for the world which would have began in the Ukraine. All have been put to a stop. All have been put to the sword. And now with the inclusion of this Orion Draco UAP fleet, this squadron, now even the reverse-engineered black project advanced UFO technology of the TR-3B and beyond, the transmedium crafts, the energy plasmic drones, the direct energy weapons that the Illuminati was throwing in its last desperate attempt at murder and mayhem and destruction in defense of its satanic empire of shadows and secret societies. That attempt has been finished, ended. For any use of that technology surely will invoke the wrath and immediate interception from these Orion Draco crafts. And even though they have been used for morale boosting and peace, surely the serpentine heart that beats in the chest of all Orion Draco reptilians leaps And a chance to slay, draw blood, and kill. The difference this time being killing in the name of universal world peace and the Galactic Federation of Light. rather than killing, to keep the darkness ruling. This former Garden of Eden we call Earth. Truly victory is at hand. The Russian armed forces will be victorious. The people of Crimea will be free. First, their children will rest safely, securely. Then all our children will be free <laughs> so for safety, freedom to reign. Thank you all very much for listening to me. Beyond Top Secret Texan. Listen to the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. Thank you all very much for following me on social media. Thank you very much for those who have supported me on Patreon in the past. Thank you very much for those who donate through Cash App. Thank you very much for signing up through Anchor. Even though there are very few, there's only one uh, now for arbitrary reasons, uh, episodes under that exclusive Anchor membership release I hope that you still consider supporting and donating, at least morally, it keeps me going, at least if it's just a gesture of support and goodwill, I can use it, it helps me out tremendously, thank you all very much for considering it, 5, 10, 15 dollars, 20 dollars, helps me immensely. So thank you all very much For anyone who has some extra change kicking around And would just like to send it my way As a way of saying Hey you're doing a great job Thanks for being you The beyond top secret taxi Because you guys are the greatest audience out there in Dreamland You guys are the greatest audience out there in Dreamland Those dollars add up Helps me keep the AC on Helps me keep my internet on So I can communicate with my inside sources I can bring you guys the unique scoops Helps me post and upload daily so I don't have to work full-time. I'm not exhausted trying to pursue work and all that. So that I can at least just, you know, make my bills. And, you know, you guys know. You guys know what it's like to live in the real world. So the more you guys donate, the more I can upload. The more I can share. The more I can make this my full-time gig. So thank you all very much. It's a labor of passion, but I'm passionate about this labor. Thank you all very much. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. You're the greatest audience out there in dreamland. Peace out. you listen to the war in Ukraine. Breakdown of timeline. The current state of. And of course the UFO. UAP. Intervention in Ukraine the war in Ukraine.